Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retainer and I am broadcasting from here in the Hamptons, a place I have lived for over 50 years. I've written 12 books about this place and I've seen it grow through the years from small fishing villages to what it is today, a summer paradise for New Yorkers, artists, writers, musicians, movie stars, we have it all. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with the Hamptons' powerful people, but I will also introduce you to residents who contributed to our growth through the years, and you may not even have heard about them. Today's guest is Mercedes Rule, the American screen and stage actor who is perhaps best known for her role in Married to the Mob and for her role in the film Fisher King that won her an Academy Award. She lives here in the Springs and most recently appeared at Guildhall in a stage performance with Henry Eulen, which I hope she will talk about. Harris Eulen, yes. Yes. Um, Harris Eulen and I did a reading this summer of The Gin Game, which was originally done by uh, Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy. And in fact, Tandy Cronin, their daughter, is a good friend of mine, and she came to this performance. It was a lot of fun. We did it outside on a on a, a stage that was built out behind the theater. Obviously, we couldn't go inside. And the whole audience was spaced out on the lawns uh-huh. and all brought lawn chairs. And um, it turned out to be pretty magical. So magical that we, we, uh, we did a second command performance. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we're hoping that maybe if theater ever comes back to life as we know it, uh, that we might be able to reprise this, maybe out here for starters, but hopefully in New York. It's like a lot of fun. What was magical about it? Well, I, we had no idea if it was going to work. We were mic'd, you know. The audience was so far away, in a sense, because they were sitting in these little round pods that had been laid out in chalk on the lawn. So it was like, are we going to connect to these people at all? Is, it go- is this going to connect? Is this going to travel over the uh, metaphorical footlights, you know? And it did. It did. It was, it was just a, a, a charming evening. It's just two people who meet in this sort of senior facility um, and they, they uh, get involved in a gin game. And the gin game becomes this passionate center of their lives. And it's funny and it's a little harrowing. And uh, Harris Eulen, superb actor, and uh, it was his idea to do it. Oh. And we, we rehearsed in our, in our backyards. We, we rehearsed outdoors and when we finally did it, it did reach across the footlights and it did you know, reach the audience and it did have an intimacy that we were afraid it wouldn't have. So we learned a lot. This is in the, in the garden on the side of the stage. You have traffic, the cars go by there sometimes on, uh, over the- Just by the side of the parking lot. In yeah. fact, people were sitting just on the cusp of the parking lot. So they were sort of in a, in a semicircle around us. Oh. It was very jerry-rigged. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was something else, but they had music out there. They had concerts out there all through the summer. And it was, it was really charming. I think they should build an outdoor theater. Not that they have any room for it there, they, but they might have to do that and call, call it the Coliseum. Right, right, right. <laughs> Would be. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Well, other things I wanted to ask you about was uh, you've had one of the most largest number of acting performances I I've ever seen. And <laughs> whether you can make a list of what you did on Broadway or what you did in 
in Hollywood for the film. And I wondered if anything stands out to you as the most interesting of the shows that you worked on. First of all, it's an impossible question to answer because there was there was there was so there has been so much interesting writing yeah. that I have been privileged to interpret. But I mean, and also some pretty pretty bad writing too. But for interesting, um, I would have to say I'd have to say no one more than Edward Albee. Yeah, uh, I did the Goder, who is Sylvia on Broadway. For <laughs> that, I did Who's Afraid of. Um, uh, Virginia Woolf with Patrick Stewart at the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis. And then after that, I did Occupant, which was uh, a, a two-character show in, uh, uh, about Louise Nevelson. And there's something about his writing that is endlessly interesting. Yes. It's, it's mysterious. There is, a, there is a, a, a mystery at the core of every one of his plays. And he doesn't give you a whole lot of uh, information about what that mystery is about, whether it's uh, the child in uh, uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or the terror that people are escaping from to their friend's house uh, in um, A Delicate Balance or The Goat. What is The Goat? What is The Goat? Is this a play about bestiality? I don't think so. But what's it about? He's not telling. You've got to figure it out for yourself. So as far as interesting, I would say Edward's um, pretty much up there. At the did top. you ever meet him? You know, he did all of his work out here for most of his adult life. He was working in a barn by the Montauk Manor. Actually, he was working down. He was working there perhaps for a while, uh, but he... Uh, he has a, a beautiful home um, yeah, on, on the ocean, Montauk, and uh, he does a lot of writing there, or did a lot of writing there at a sure. window that looked out on the ocean. I knew him very well, yeah, and, and was privileged to think of him as a as a friend, an enigmatic man, but um, a deeply kind man at the same time, and you know. Had a rep reputation for not suffering fools, but he was actually one of the kindest men I've ever known. Uh, another question I wanted to ask you was about where, where, where were you? Oh, I, I lived in many, many, many a place, Dan. My dad was an FBI agent. Oh. And so I was born in New York, as were my parents. But by the time I was two, my dad was a young agent and uh, we were being uh, transferred on these like two and a half year uh, stints to various cities on these, basically in the East. Our first one was Indianapolis and the second one was Scranton, Pennsylvania. And then we did, you know, two years back in New Jersey because he was working in New York. And then we went down to Maryland because he was working uh, in the Justice Department. So you're an, ar you're an army brat. Sort of, yeah. I mean, it's very much the life of an army brat. Um, and then I went to college. I went to the College of New Rochelle, now defunct, which was at the time the oldest Ursuline-run Catholic women's college in New York State. What do you mean, Ursuline? Ursuline nuns. Oh. They're, they're, they were, they were and are a great teaching order in the Catholic church, yeah. So, no, my parents were Catholic. I went to Catholic schools from soup to nuts, you know. But yeah, so, but it was there that I, I really started acting in college um, and productions and stuff. Did, did you think you might have a different career earlier when you were growing up? 
Not really. I think from the time I was a little girl, I was um, a bit of a show off. I, I took dance lessons and I, I created private um, uh, uh, performances of operas that I wrote when I was five, generally about baby Jesus. He was the big theme in my life at that point. I might have wanted to be a, a veterinarian um, for a week and a half and probably for a day and a half. I wanted to be a nun because every Catholic girl around eight years of age announces to her parents that she's decided to become a nun orders <laughs> and and retire to to a convent and that that uh, one wry smiles from my parents <laughs> was forgotten by the next week I think I always wanted to be an actress always now you you had an interesting experience with Saturday Night Live I wanted to ask you about that too yeah that was weird I I I somehow got an audition for Saturday Night Live, but this was like back in like 1980, you know? It was in, in fact the first uh, uh, change of um, cast in the show's history. And I had five auditions because I was doing these uh, character sketches, which were part of uh, an acting class that I did. One of the exercises in the acting class was you find somebody you've never, never met before, study them, listen to their speech, how they walk, how they look, what, what their age is, and, um, and then you do it. And I had a couple of really good character sketches up my sleeve, so I went and <laughs> I did my character sketches. And I didn't think they were gonna go for them, but lo and behold, they went nuts for my character sketches. But, Nobody knew what they wanted at that time because they were replacing the first, you know, charismatic cast of Saturday right. Night Live. And at the same time, I was uh, reading um, for a uh, production of Medea, the Roberts and Jeffers uh, adaptation of Medea at the Denver Center Theater, which at that time was sort of um, looked at to be the Lincoln Center of the West. And I, I was offered the role of Medea. So it was either like, do Euripides, or, or, or do sketch comedy. And my life came to this, you know, two roads converged at a yellow wood and I took the one less traveled. I went and did uh, Medea instead of a uh, Saturday Night Live. And they eventually went with um, uh, another young woman, very funny. But that, 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 was a, that was a very good decision for me. It was not, for one thing, perhaps their, 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 their most successful season, that consequent season. But for me, it was life-changing to do Medea. And uh, to get, get as far as you did. Where's the most interesting set that you've been on in the, what country or? What set? You've traveled a great deal uh, with different shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say some of the sets in Fisher King were pretty amazing. Uh, I would say uh, Married to the Mob, my first, the first day I shot Married to the Mob, I got locked in a bathroom on set. It was in a, a beauty salon somewhere in, in Long Island and, and sort of a little ramshackle beauty salon. It was, mm -hmm. And um, I, I had gone in to use the bathroom in the beauty salon before my very first scene. I was so nervous, couldn't get out. The door locked, couldn't get out. And everybody was on set banging things around and making noise and yelling at each other and bring over the lights. And, uh, and I'm going, let me out, let me out, let me out. <laughs> she's working, she's working, right. Finally, finally somebody heard me and they had to come over and they had to take off the, the doorknob from the outside. And I had already sort of established myself as possibly going to be trouble because I had, um, I had gotten a big perm uh, the week before we started shooting, much to the uh, surprise and dismay of Jonathan Demme, 
And it was my first big film. I didn't realize you don't do things like that uh, a week before you start shooting. And then I had been up in the country the weekend, just the weekend before we started shooting. And I rolled down a hill the way you do as a child. I'm sure I was with some um, attractive young man and I was being playful and uh, adorable. And I rolled down this hill. I got poison ivy from here <laughs> to here. I was, I was swollen. I was, I was a mess. Now we're talking about, and finally I got a call from Demi and said, Mercedes, do you really want to do this role? Uh-huh. Or unconsciously, are you sabotaging yourself? I said, I may be having a little bit of a difficulty with my unconscious right now, but I said, by the time we shoot next Tuesday, right. I'm all ironed out. And this wonderful, wonderful Kenny Ott, his name was, his producer took me to a doctor and held my hand and he said, you're going to be all right. We're going to get you a shot of cortisone. It's all going to go down. You're going to be fabulous. Your hair is going to look great. And I thought, oh, Kenny, he was this um, immense, wonderful, kind man, not, not young, probably in his uh, late 60s, early 70s then. And sure enough, he got me through it. But on the first day, I got myself locked in a bathroom. I see. <laughs> as as, as a, a really interesting set was Santo Loquasto's set for the Rose Tattoo in the Circle in the Square uptown, which uh, I did with Anthony LaPavia and one of the, my favorite performances of my whole life. It was done on many different like platforms. That place is a theater in the round. And so the platforms were all on this, on this beautiful stage that went from the beginning to the end of the of the theater the idea was to put water in there because we were down on the bayou in louisiana and you know and uh so they filled the uh, they, they put plastic down and put water all over the uh, uh the set where there weren't these little islands of platforms first preview three people fell down just slipped on the on, on the plastic and went flying into the water Oh. Then it was decided that we would have, um, we wouldn't have water, we'd have sand. Still the same feeling of being near water. So we have sand, but then we have um, a goat, a live goat in the play that has to be brought across the set from one end of this, this uh, uh, stage to the other. Every night he pooed in the sand. He just stood there for a second <laughs> in a large poop and Housebroken. I did the whole, yes. Like you know, a cat. So, right. I did pretty much the whole performance barefoot. Oh. And <laughs> to watch it. The night that Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward came, I literally stepped in the poop. I stepped right in it. And I think I was probably 15 feet from where they were sitting. Hmm. And I, I think I was letting out a cry like, oh. And I went, oh, and I, I realized what I'd done. And I went, oh, at me and laughed. So that was an interesting set. I think some of the sets in Fisher King were very, very cleverly chosen. Most of them were not built on a soundstage. Most of them were on location. A beautiful film called For Rosanna, I did in, in a little medieval town called Sieges in Italy just about, oh, I don't know, 40, 50 miles south of near a, a, a seaside town called Sabaudia. And that was like going back in time. This, this little paese, this little township with 500 people in it was built, I think, around uh, the year 1120. And so I was, it was been renovated, but I was staying in a room that was built in the 12th century. Sure. So 
some some interesting places. Some exciting. yeah. Do you have a, pl a place that we've found to be so much exciting or fun that you've gone back to it, not for film or to act, but simply to be back there? London, yeah. Um, I did uh, uh, Prisoner of Second Avenue at the Old Vic in London, and it was such an enchanting summer. It was when um, Kevin Spacey was the artistic director. Wow. And, uh, we had such a lovely time that uh, my son and my son who was 13 at the time was with me that we went back twice. You know, we keep going back to London as a place where you have some really magic memories. What is it about uh, the East End that so attracted you that you decided to settle here? Well, I've always loved to see the world divides itself loosely into mountain people and sea people. Yeah. Um, of course, that's not necessarily true, but I am a sea person. I've always loved the sea. When I was a little girl, my parents uh, took my brother and me to um, uh, Cape Cod every summer. Mm -hmm. And that's where I first fell in love with uh, everything having to do with the sea, the ocean, the bays. So when I first came out here, the first time I came out here was probably I was still in college in uh, 69, I think, that summer. And then I came out again in the, uh, uh, the 80s. And that's when I started renting places. For a long time, I just rented. But then I decided, no, I have to buy. And I have to, I have to buy a house out here in Springs because it's out here in Springs where I live. It's the harbors and the bays and the light is just different because there's so much water, the light is bouncing off. Of yeah, that's where I am. Part of the Hamptons. So I just fell in love with Springs and every house I've rented or bought has been in Springs. Yeah, I, I'm, I moved here when my kids were small because of the school. I decided I wanted to uh, have them have the experience of a yeah. rural high school and yeah, they got it, whether they liked it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you have anything planned for the on the horizon at this point? I know it's hard with the uh, situation because there isn't much in the way of, of performance art going on. No, there's none, and it, the prognosis now is probably not until the very end of 2021. If then, will theater go back? So, but I am actually uh, doing guest spots on various television shows. I just did one on Bull, um, which is a show I love. And um, uh, I'm auditioning for things. It's so funny. I'm, I'm auditioning yeah. in my living room for things again. It's all kind of picking up again. But this is just a film and uh, uh, television. There's, there's no theater happening. And I love theater the most. Well, I think it might be coming back because they, they've found a vaccine. I guess you, you heard about that today. 90%, over 90% success with that vaccine. I'm yep. so excited about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think it's going to be available in a couple of months at the most, I think. Really? They think the tests will be ready by then? I mean, they'll have done sufficient testing? That Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of other meds they're working with now too. The ones they gave Trump, remdesivir or something like that. It's all, also supposed to be good, but the vaccine, oh my God, boy. But it, I was just reading this morning, we're still gonna see a, a, a big spike and possibly here in New York state before this winter is over. I hope not. Yeah. No, that's yeah. That. 
But that vaccine will cut it off, thank God. Yeah. Light at the end of the tunnel, finally. Seems that way. Behind you is a beautiful painting, and I was wondering what, what that was. It, it's a painting by Cynthia Knott. It's a painting of the sea. Yeah. Um, she painted it at a house that she was renting next to my house on Gerard Drive. I had a little house that was on a bulkhead up over Gardner's Bay. Probably oh. It was very tiny, but I loved it. I loved it. I just sold it about three years ago because I, I recovered from Hurricane Sandy there. Yeah. It was, it, it seemed like it was a, a cautionary message. Yeah. It, it was getting very hard to live there. And I thought this house may not be here in 20 years time. And if anything happened to it, I couldn't rebuild because it's yeah. all the Connick Land Trust. So, but she, she, this, this was the view, slightly interpreted, but very close to the view at a certain time of day outside my house. From the deck of my house. On the bay side? It looks more like... The that. bay side, no, not the harbor side, the bay. Facing um, Gardner's Island. Sure. Yeah, we were up there the other, the other day. We, we've been taking long walks and going to Gerard Drivers, even Sammy's Beach. Yeah, I love Sammy's Beach. Yeah. And, and yesterday, I guess, was the last day of summer. We had a 75-degree day yesterday. In oh, the yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be warm again today, too. Lovely, lovely days. Yes. Some of these days in late October and early November are the most beautiful out here. Yep. The leaves are as, as magnificent as they have been for the last week or two. Do, do you know there's a place that I believe is what brought the painters here during the abstract expressionist uh, period? And it's, uh, it's visible as you go up Springs Fireplace Road past, um, past Ashua Hall is where it sort of starts. Yeah. It goes up for about a mile and there's the farm fields on the left and you just feel this, I, I feel, uh, I didn't know if you have, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, it's, it's, it's like where the Krasner house is. Yeah. Where um, Mercedes Manor's house was. Uh, de Kooning was not far from there. It, it, it was like a line of, yeah. of, of homes that, uh, and I think Pollock was the one who kind of uh, led the movement out there. Uh, seems to me was, but they they had these wonderful houses that they got for nothing. Then, ha ha! Yeah. But they all looked out on Akabonic Harbor. Yep, I think so. Beautiful, beautiful Akabonic Harbor. Thank you very much for your time, Mercedes Rule. I appreciate it a lot. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. We've known each other for a long time, Dan. Yeah. It was good to hear from you. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye.